It hurts a bit. It's also like a gross. I'm just really worried I'm gonna like bleed in his bathroom. So invasive. How long, Josh, how long do you normally do it for? So like, I just do all the, I try to work my way into all the gaps and they tell you to like, each one go like up and down a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's just like, one, two, three, four. I can taste blood in my mouth and it's like, it tastes like iron. It tastes like Josh Gondelman punched me in the face. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rachel Ward, and this is Surprisingly Awesome from Gimlet Media. And this week, my co-host in this endeavor is Maeve Higgins. Maeve, for listeners who maybe have not heard of you, can you tell us who you are? I can, Rachel. Thank you for having me. I um, I used to describe myself as Ireland's answer to Bill Cosby. I stopped doing that a while ago, actually. <sighs> that is very understandable. Thank <laughs> you. And I understand you are a you are a comedian and you're a writer and you have your own show every month in Brooklyn at Union Hall and you are also a co-host of Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson on National Geographic. Yes, and I'm a comedian co-host, so I'm not like an astrophysicist and more I'm just a joker, but I love thinking and talking about huge cosmic queries and I spend a lot of my time like wondering about space and the galaxy and humans and like where we fit into it all and learning about that big stuff really does appeal to me. So when Adam Davidson, who is a regular host of this show, mm -hmm. when he and I asked you to come in and help us explore some big cosmic idea. What did you propose to us? Dental floss. Immediately, <laughs> I knew I needed to figure out flossing. Flossing is the, the mm. galaxy that you wanted to explore. Yep. My mouth, planet floss. That's, <laughs> that's all I'm interested in. So wait, why, why then, why did you choose flossing for a topic? Well, it started with this series of tweets that my friend Josh, that's who you heard earlier in the show, that he's been sending out these tweets and they're sort of bragging tweets about how great he is at flossing. And every time I would read one, I would feel so furious. I flossed every day for three weeks and now my eyes shoot lasers and I can suddenly play violin. <laughs> and so then I, when I saw this tweet, I was like, he's doing it. Like he's, Josh good. has got, the, got it good. under control. I don't think I'm like a jealous person. Um, but I felt so jealous of, of that. Process. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I genuinely started to think like, oh, he's got, he just got engaged. He has a pug, a rescue pug, like a beautiful, you know, yeah. I don't even, I don't want a dog actually, but no. I just started to put it all together. And then you also went to Beyonce. That was with pretty Mara. exciting. I've had a pretty good year between Beyonce and flossing. <laughs> And, uh, and get an engagement. I would say probably I put those in exactly the wrong order. Okay, I kind of see what's going on here. This is about much more than just flossing. You think that Josh has this like wonderful, perfect life and flossing is just part of it. Yeah, I suspect that it's a key part of it because Josh and I, we're both comedy writers. We both live in New York City, but there's these differences in our life. He's got this amazing fiance. He's got a really cute dog and he's got this serenity that I find unattainable. You seem to be attaching a lot <laughs> of weight to the fact that you don't floss. It's It seems like this very, very heavy take on what is actually just like a, a small personal hygiene habit. 
Well, it's, uh, I know, it's a symbol. It's like an indicator to me of how my life is going, really. Everything and everyone in the world tells me that I should floss, but I can't seem to make myself do it. So what I want to do is figure out, is it really important for me to floss? And if so, what is stopping me? And these questions might sound inconsequential, but they have really, really been bothering me. Like... You know that special time before you sleep when you berate yourself for various failings and flaws like that you have in your character? Do you know that time? Yeah, (laughs) intimately. (laughs) Same. And the final thought that I often have is, and you don't even floss. And to me, that means like I don't have my life together. And I think this is a common feeling. I didn't make this up. Like I have evidence. I don't know if, if you don't want to take it from me, you can... You can go to the American documentary Pretty Woman. I don't know if you've seen that. <laughs> do you know Do you yes. know this um, documentary where Julia Roberts plays a woman who works as a prostitute and falls in love with Richard Gere? There's a scene in that when um, Richard Gere bursts in on Julia Roberts and she's flossing and he can't believe it. What is What do you have in your hand? What are you hiding? Nothing. All right, look, I do not want any drugs here. I don't want any of this. Get your things and your money and please leave. I don't do drugs, all right? I stopped doing drugs when I was 14. What is this? This is dental floss. Yeah, so I had all those strawberry seeds. And you shouldn't neglect your gums. Okay, so she's a prostitute, so clearly Richard Gere has this assumption. No way she's got her life together enough to floss. In fact, I think that was the most shocking thing. I think it's like the one thing in that film that did not ring true for me. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, that said, I've never, I'm very lucky and very grateful that I've never worked as a prostitute myself. So I don't. Plus, if you're taking all of your cues from Pretty Woman, uh, you would already be flossing. I would be terrible sex worker. I've like a limited repertoire of sex stuff. (laughs) Like my back isn't great and and I think, personally, it should be a crime to pay for sex, so that would make it really awkward between, like, me and the John. Sure, that's a, that's a big one. <laughs> I do, like, citizens arrest on them. <laughs> Charge extra. Um, it is, to me, very worrying uh-huh. how much of a foundational movie Pretty Woman is for you. <laughs> I feel like the reason you should be flossing is science. <laughs> No, that's something that I realized that I don't actually know what it does for your gums because when you heard me earlier flossing at Josh's house, like he made me floss for the first time in a long time and like part of my gums started bleeding. So it's hard to imagine why that could be like a good thing for my gums, you know? Yeah, I was also profoundly worried about your bloody gums. So (laughs) (laughs) um, to get an answer to that question, why is it actually important to do this? Like why Mm -hmm. is this a gum thing? Uh... I did you a favor, and I went ahead and I booked you a dentist appointment. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) You sound so grateful. Hey, here's our train. This is my favorite train. What? Color-wise. I think the light on this train is really flattering just to my skin tone. (laughs) And it has, like, this 1970s color palette of, like, oranges and mustards and browns. I like the G. It's much maligned. Yes, there was a creeping sense of inevitability about me seeing a dentist for this show. But still, like, on the day, and especially on the way there, I was anxious about it. And there's a lot of really cool, special, fun things about me. And one of those cool, special, fun things is that when I get anxious, I really cannot stop talking. It's like, 
who's gaming who? I'm getting a free cleaning. Like, I'm getting my teeth cleaned. But also, it's like, I also have to now co- come into contact with a dentist who's going to tear my house of cards to shreds. I just wasn't prepared to, like, be on a train to the dentist. <laughs> Even though you told me yesterday that this is going to happen. Okay, we're here. Okay. Garden dental arts. That's nice, arts, as opposed to, like, tortures. <laughs> oh, it already smells like a dentist. Oh. Hello. So we went into Dr. Samantha Eiffel's very pretty waiting room and it had the latest copy of O Magazine. So Oprah was smiling, you guys are there, but you can dress up a dental office all you want. It's still a dental office. And if you haven't been for a checkup in a while, it's just not fun. And I was nervous. I brush my teeth two or three times a day. Okay. I mean, that's the bare minimum, right? Yes, that is the bare minimum. Yeah. Um, so it's good that you're brushing two uh-huh. or three times a day, um, but the flossing component of it is so important because if you think about it, each tooth has five surfaces. And so you're brushing only three of the five, so you're only taking care of and removing the bacteria from three of the five surfaces when you're brushing. Um, and not even the back? Yeah, you're brushing, you should be brushing the back. You should be brushing the oh. back, the front, and the biting surface. And then the flossing. (laughs) You know what? I'm sorry. It's really hot outside, but I'm sweating now more than I was sweating outside. (laughs) Because I never do the back. Yes. You can't forget about the back. Yes. Okay. That's just logic. But I haven't been doing that. Yeah, I find logic tends to go elsewhere when it comes to dental treatment. So that's why when you come in, there's no judgment or anything because perfectly logical people in other parts of their lives when it comes to dental treatment, when, if it can be postponed, usually the majority of folks try to postpone it. I wish the listeners could see you shrugging. <laughs> Just like, so like, like maybe you've said this before. <laughs> a few times. Yeah. A few times. I think at this point, Dr. Eiffel could tell I was stalling because she just swiveled away and started opening up her tool packet. Okay. So what are your tools? So let's see. I have uh, my mirror and my explorer, which I use to pick up any cavities or anything anything else that may be going on. So she's using all of these technical terms to describe the tools. All I see is a tray full of... What looks like knives, but Dr. Eiffel insists it's going to be gentle. It's going to be fine. You're not going to be like, and here's my metal hooks that I'm about to (laughs) stick into your gums. You're like, my periodontal tools. (laughs) Okay. Just tilt your chin up a little bit for me. Perfect. And turn a little towards me and open for me now. So you're going to feel me scraping your teeth ever so gently. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you are squeamish about like dental noises, I would recommend that you skip the next like minute of the podcast. And if you enjoy hearing mental scraping on teeth, then I would recommend you turn it up. So what I'm doing is measuring the pockets around the tooth. And that gives us an idea of whether or not there's any infection. And as a result of that infection, any inflammation. 
and the gum tissues. So Samantha, Dr. Eiffel, she has this tool that has little hash marks on it. And as she's working on Maeve, she's sliding it in between her teeth and her gums, these little pockets. And if those pockets are less than three marks deep, then you are doing fine. So, of course, I went and asked her how my pockets were doing. What was my highest number? Your highest number was five. Yes. Yeah. And that means I definitely have gum disease and I've put it on my Tinder profile. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell by looking at my teeth that I don't floss? Yes. Oh, okay. I can. Your dentist can always tell, but that doesn't stop people from lying about it. Apparently about a quarter of Americans lie to their dentists about how often they floss. Yeah, and it got even worse for me when Dr. Eiffel looked behind my teeth. (laughs) <laughs> um, there's a lot of tartar buildup behind there. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of tartar buildup. Mm. And that tartar just acts as a permanent house for the bacteria to hang out and wreak yeah. their damage until, yes, until you come in and have it professionally removed. Okay, so another aside here, tartar buildup. This is something that we're always like sort of vaguely aware of. Um, and I had never really stopped to look at it. And actually, this is a moment here where I want to bring in Christine, who is a producer on this show. She's been doing a little bit of research about hardened dental mm-hmm. plaque because it turns out that that um, tartar hardened dental plaque is the like third or fourth step in a process that's happening in your mouth all the time. So, Christine, how do we get to tartar? Okay, so like most places, um, inside of your mouth, bacteria is living there. Mm -hmm. Um, And bacteria thrives off of a couple of things in your mouth. Food, so sugars and carbohydrates, and also the saliva that is already there. Um, Specifically the proteins that are in your saliva. Okay. And the bacteria is floating around your mouth, and when it can latch on to the protein in your saliva, it can create this thing on your teeth called a biofilm. And a biofilm is something that can happen anywhere. So it's really just um, a gross, slimy surface that exists um, and is created by bacteria in any watery environment. So your mouth. Um, Or another good example is like if you ever go to a river and you try to walk across and there's like a bunch of really slimy, slippery rocks. That's also a biofilm. That's biofilm. Okay. Yes. And so that's basically what's in your mouth. Yum. Um, (laughs) That is so delicious. (laughs) Yeah. And um, this is the other delicious part, is that when the bacteria is sitting there in the biofilm, it's both feeding off the saliva and excreting its waste. Oh. Yeah. It's an acid, and that's what wears away your enamel, and that can lead to cavities and general tooth decay. So if you're not flossing regularly, you're not disrupting that process of creating a biofilm. And that's really why you're flossing. And you only have like 48 hours to do that um, before it hardens and turns into tartar, which you cannot get off yourself at home and you have to go to the professionals. So the the deal with flossing is really to like bust up this like cartel of biofilm rather than to like scrape away something that's there. Correct. Yeah. Which is a good thing because as Maeve discovered at the dentists, it tastes terrible. What's that I'm tasting? Do you think that's the tartar? Uh, a mixture of the tartar with a little bit of blood from the areas that are particularly... Oh my God. It tastes like, um, like, it actually tastes like bad breath. That's exactly what causes bad breath. It's the same bacteria that's in, in tartar that causes bad breath. And um, so it's, it's also important to remove that bacteria from your tongue. So when you're mm. brushing your teeth, you also need, it's very important to brush the back of your tongue. So much homework. <laughs> <laughs> so this goes on for like 
what what it was like maybe an hour maybe yeah it felt lo- it, it was a long time i mean it was possibly longer for you guys just like standing there watching <laughs> um, she yeah, was just she's... scraping, scraping. Dr. Eiffel herself, like, never tired. She actually seemed, like, cheerful. All right. How are your teeth and gums feeling? Good. Oh, my God. They feel so smooth. Can I touch them with my hands? Of course. They feel so clean. The scraping is so intense, right? It like is, it's so it like that's the only way you can do it. It really is to get uh, to get way below the gums to remove that tartar that's under there. I think I could hear you faintly humming, <laughs> and I felt like <laughs> maybe because I'm I'm such a bad patient that like that's good. <laughs> I, I enjoy what I do so um, I mean that's that's totally unconscious I have to say I'd never seen a tooth cleaning from that angle I was it a bloodbath? it was a little bit bloody gross yeah I'm so glad this isn't a video <laughs> <laughs> surprise it was video all along. no, no this would be terrible so we leave the dentist's office and you I think are still a little bit dazed <laughs> yeah so we sort of we took a moment. We just like sat down on the steps of this apartment building next to the dentist's office. And uh, we had a little check-in about how you were feeling. So you're like primed for kissing now. Not right now. My mouth tastes disgusting. So don't you try it, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Eiffel had me convinced and I was filled with the zeal of the newly converted. Like you saw that, yeah, right? Yeah, Um And I knew so much more about why it is you're actually supposed to floss and about like the state of my own gums. And I felt optimistic, but I have to say, I also felt this creeping dread. What about? (laughs) I'll tell you after the break. Oh. (laughs) Cliffhanger. Tease. (laughs) Welcome back to Surprisingly Awesome from Gimlet Media. I'm Rachel Ward. And I'm Ira Glass. No, hang on. (laughs) No. I wish. No, I'm I'm going to read the script. I'm Maeve Higgins, and today I'm making you, Rachel, um, help me explore my attitude towards flossing. I'm really making your dreams come true today. Yeah. This is if I were if I had a terminal illness, this would definitely be my make a wish thing. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you for your help, helping me and bringing me to the dentist and. Right. Yeah. So we took you to the dentist yes. earlier in the show and she she was advising you to floss at least once a day. But what I never told you is that I've been told that before. Sure. I mean, lots of people have No, been. but I mean, literally. So, you know, I haven't had a dentist since I moved to the States two and a half years ago. Uh-huh. When I was here for like a year and I realized like how difficult and expensive health insurance is and I didn't have any. Uh-huh. Um, I went to this dental hygienist college where they give you a cleaning for $10. Oh, like wow. You, you go in and you wait for a while and then you go into this like big hall and there's lots of people getting their teeth cleaned and there's like by students and there's like one professor like walking around being like, no, not that way. <laughs> and then um, and she definitely um, told me to floss. Like I remember her. I remember her very clearly saying two things. OK. Uh, one was get a cleaning every six months and floss every day. Uh huh. And the other thing she said to me that really stuck with me was as I was like lying in her chair, she looked me up and down and she said, oh, my boyfriend would love you. What? 
Yeah, my boyfriend would you love mean. you. <laughs> that is either a very serious threat. Yeah. Or a very serious invitation. <laughs> right? It's But you also kind of got what you paid for. I know, $10. Right. <laughs> I would say that is another huge factor. Like dental care being so expensive here. Like Before I lived here, I lived in London and that's the NHS, right? The National Health Services. Mm. And then a cleaning, a checkup, everything, it's like $25. Here it's like 10 times that, you know. And I do, I love living here in the US. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I just have to like weigh up the pros and cons of it, you know. Like, okay, your portion size is incredible. They're so big. But Killing it. <laughs> so much food. So much low quality food for not that much money. I love it. <laughs> but it's like your toddlers have guns. That's true. That's but <laughs> I love the subway. <laughs> you know, it's like swings and roundabouts. That's what I always say. Wait, why do you always say that? Does that mean something? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, swings and like swings and roundabouts, like six of one, half dozen of another. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Okay, so <laughs> Irish folksy wisdom aside, I think that of those questions that you set out at the beginning of the show, we have answered our first one, which is like why anyone would floss. We we have pretty good reasons to floss now. So we need to work on that second part of the question of like how we get you to floss, like how we get you to like start flossing and keep flossing, because it seems like the problem really is that like you just can't do it with any consistency. Is that right? Historically, no, I have not kept it up. Like my attitude to flossing, to doing lots of these like small daily self-care things, it's been absolutely hopeless. So it really seems like the thing that you need is to change your relationship with flossing, like this guy did. Well, the truth is I went into a therapy session uh, one morning and uh, told my therapist that I was um, struggling with uh, uh overcoming cynicism about changing anything in my life. And I said, one small example is flossing. So my uh, therapist said, that's interesting. What would it be like if you made a film about dental floss? This is Gary Roma. He is, it's probably fair to say, a man of niche interests. He's also made documentaries about library cats and doorstops. He's making this documentary about floss and... I'm working on a book about puns, and I am a crossing guard for an elementary school in my uh, hometown. Gary is someone who has radically changed his relationship to flossing. He says before he started working on the flossing documentary, he would put sticky notes all over his house to remind him to floss, but it never worked because he would just like see right through them. So at his therapist's suggestion, he started learning everything he could about floss, and um he stumbled upon a couple of really interesting figures in the history of flossing. The first one being Charles C. Bass, or Charles C. Bass. You can say it however you want. One of the historians I interviewed referred to him as uh, crusty, cantankerous, and uh, curmudgeon. Bass was obsessed with flossing, like way before it was accepted into the mainstream uh, in the middle of the 20th century. He's developed this floss that he calls right kind floss, and it had to be exactly 170 nylon filaments. No more, no less. Any other kind was was not acceptable. The wrong kind. uh, Yeah, exactly. Every every other kind was the wrong kind. And he wouldn't sell his right floss to just anyone, like at a drugstore. No, you had to haul yourself down to New Orleans, where he lived. You had to take a class with him. And then... He gave everyone who uh, 
attended his class a card, and they had to present the card at the store in order to be able to purchase wow. the products. So maybe that's where like dentists get get their you know bad name for kind of like. Crit- being critical of people who are just trying to like help themselves. You shall come to New Orleans, do my class, get my card, then you'll buy my floss. But after Bass revolutionized the flossing industry, flossing took a sinister turn in prison. Two inmates from Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, took three and a half miles of floss and <laughs> uh, created uh, these uh, a rope ladder in order to scale a 35-foot wall of the prison. So they uh, managed to get up and over the wall, uh, but they were immediately captured. And Do you know how long it took them to make the ladder? Uh, I spoke to the inmate who created the ladder, and he said it was a very long, sweat-filled nine hours <gasps> of uh, Nine hours? That's all? I thought you were going to... I thought it would be like over three years they were collecting dental yeah. floss. I thought for well, sure it was a Shawshank situation. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, that's the thing. This guy was very intelligent. Uh, yeah. Because he, he, the tensile strength of, uh, of the nylon floss is much stronger than any cotton would be. So, so aside from um, this history of flossing stuff, Gary has also kind of become an amateur dentist. <laughs> and he, he gave us this quiz. I'm still reeling over the results. What percentage of U.S. adults think they have gum disease? I'd say 20% think they have gum disease. I think it's even lower. I think maybe it's 10, 10% think they have it and like 100% have it. <laughs> uh, the answer is 4%. <gasps> oh! Wow, underestimating and Americans. We're fooling ourselves. <laughs> and then the percentage of people who actually do have gum disease. Oh, God. 85. I was going to say 80. Yeah. 90. <gasps> Very close. <laughs> 4% think they have gum disease, 90% do. It's the same as talent. But the great thing is Gary's therapist was right. Gary is flossing now. He's been flossing since he started working on this project. And Maeve, this is what I want for you. I wanted to get someone like Gary's therapist into your life, someone who could appeal to your, like, interest in big ideas, big questions, the cosmos, the Neil deGrasse Tyson of dental floss. Mm -hmm. And so that means we need a philosopher or a philosopher. I just knew you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) You're reducing this doctor down to a pun. I like it, though. (laughs) Wait, no, I have one more. Neil DeFloss Tyson. No? (laughs) No, it's not working? The key word is control. And I think that is why we do those little things. But so in your case, it would be why you did not do those little things that you're your minor form of rebellion against patriarchy or against (laughs) parental advice or whatever you want to call it. So this is Dr. Keisha Ray. She's a philosopher and an assistant professor of bioethics in the philosophy department at Texas State University. There are so many things in the world that I have no control over that affect me daily. Um, Social things, cultural things, things at my job, maybe family and friends. 
This conversation made so much sense to me that one of the reasons I wasn't flossing was this misplaced sense of, like, me taking control. But there are a few little things that I can control. I can control uh, my outlook on floss and dental health and how it relates to my overall adulting, as you may want to call it. (laughs) So that is the one thing that I can do in this big world of so many things that I have no control over. And an example that Dr. Ray gave us came from Albert Camus, the French philosopher and novelist, and his take on the myth of Sisyphus. Right. Okay, so Sisyphus, he he tried to cheat death, and that pissed off the gods. So the gods made him roll a rock up a hill all day, knowing that the whole time the rock would just, like, roll right back down. And Camus uses a story to talk about the absurdity of life and that... We all know that life does not go on forever, but yet we do these daily tasks like brush our teeth, like floss, like comb our hair. But we are choosing to do these things anyways. We choose to do them because while we can't control that we have to push this rock up and down the hill, we can't control that, you know, we were born and have to be alive. We can choose which of the small tasks of being alive we do and how we do them. So we can be resentful about flossing. We can be happy about it. We can feel guilty about it, which may have seems to be <laughs> your chosen approach. And I think one way to interpret Camus' story is to look at the things about that that Sisyphus can control. He can control his fate, but he can control his attitude about it. And I think that's what I'm getting at with control, is that there are some parts of our life that we can't control. And a lot, of, a lot of the times, there are these bigger, overarching things we can't. But there are the smaller things, the things that are personal to ourselves. And doing these small things really add up as long as we take charge of ourselves. As a human, you are responsible for finding the person that you want to be and working towards that person. That that is something that just as being human, you you must do. That being human comes with this great responsibility to be authentic, to be who you are and make efforts to be who you want to be. You could also think about it too and you won't be able to do those bigger things if you don't first take care of the smaller things, right? Dr. Ray was so great because she really helped us understand that um, we have to be responsible for ourselves, but also we are all a little bit flawed. So she was saying she flosses. She flosses like three or four times a day, sometimes multiple times an hour. It's so funny because we just wanted to talk to you because you're like a biomedical ethicist. I didn't know you had this dark habit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I, I have this habit. And then what's really bad is I floss a lot. I go to the dentist frequently. I brush my teeth twice a day. But I have an obsession with candy. I eat candy (laughs) all the time. I don't drink coffee, but in the morning I can pop a piece of candy and get that little jolt that I need for the day. (laughs) What's your favorite type of candy? <laughs> Ooh, that's a hard one. What one would you have for breakfast instead of coffee? Um, I would probably just pop a quick uh, Jolly Rancher, <laughs> but I really like Skittles, and I like Sour Patch Kids, and I like Sour Belts, and I really like candy from Mexico a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I like candy. It's a part of my personality. <laughs> Everyone has their vice, but I floss afterwards. So see... We are all humans just like trying to be the best versions of ourselves. We're all just trying to bridge the gap between who we are and who we want to be. But I think a lot about that stuff and I care a lot about these big issues. And then 
well, what good is it that? Like, if I can't even do the small stuff for myself, you know? Like, let alone me becoming this, like, dream beacon of health, doing Pilates in the forest so that I can then help the universe. Like, I can't even floss. <laughs> this is what Keisha is telling us. It's like the same thing as when you're on an airplane and um, you know how the flight attendants are always like, put on your mask first and then help your kid or your elderly person. Your responsibility is to take care of your own stuff first so that you're in a position to do the bigger stuff that you want to tackle. Yeah, and so now when the stewardess is like, put that mask on, I'm going to be like, how can I? I'm flossing. <laughs> put the mask on your dirty mouth. I'm, like, I'm flossing. <laughs> Our theme is by Nicholas Bertel and our ad music is by Build Buildings. We were edited this week by Peter Clowney and Annie Rollstrasser and produced by Rachel Ward, Christine Driscoll and Elizabeth Kulas. Thanks to Jacob Cruz, David Pittman, Lara Barella, New England Public Radio and KQED in San Francisco. Andrew Dunn mixed the episode. You can also tweet us at Surprising Show, email us at surprisinglyawesome at gimletmedia.com and our Tumblr is truesharkattackstories.tumblr.com. And also, just one other thing. We're trying to help out some scientists who are friends of the show. And since you guys, our listeners, are already into awesome stuff, we thought we would ask you. The folks at the Sky Lab at the University of Sussex in the UK have put together more than 300 videos that are awesome. <laughs> like moments that will take your breath away and inspire a state of awe. And they're looking for volunteers to watch a few of them, answer a few questions about them, and basically help them determine how awesome they actually are. So if you are interested in helping out these researchers, you can head to Surprisingly Awesome's Facebook page. Surprisingly Awesome is a production of Gimlet Media. I found out that a uh, Christian camp based in uh, Wisconsin uh, lined up 300 of their campers and counselors and set a world record for most people flossing simultaneously on a single <laughs> strand of dental floss. Wow. That's the kind of thing you have to do when you have like abstinence as part of your religion. You just have to be like, how are we going to keep these kids busy? <laughs>